Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Keep up with the latest headlines from Austin and beyond on the all-new Talk1370.com. Stay informed with the latest news, weather, contests, and more. It's all just a click away at Talk1370.com. Just one more way to stay connected with Talk 1370. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill. Les Kaiser and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. We are pretty fired up about the show tonight. We get sideways. Yeah, Betty, sideways side fired up. It's John Massengill. That was Les Kaiser and Jonathan Green is Woo-hoo. in the studio. Come on now. And uh, we're fired up because we're going to talk some Formula One. We're going to talk some MotoGP, a little uh, World Superbikes, and little talk. NASCAR and, Formula E, and NASCAR Formula E. Yeah, and of course we've got luge. To be uh, most excited is that we got Andy Lally coming on to talk. Oh, I want to talk some street luge with him. Yeah, and he'll be live with us in about a half hour. And very excited about that. And we also have Shayna Texter going to be. Uh, we just did an interview with her, and we're going to play that. Here in a little while as well. She's a fantastic flat track oh, rider. Phenomenal. And, uh, you know, if you were here for the X Games, uh, you probably had the opportunity to see her. And, you know, she's five foot nothing and, and doesn't weigh anything. Over 100 pounds, I don't think. And she, throws that, bike, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> she throws that bike around and uh, she's got skills. Yeah, her and Corey Texter have been um, really good over the last few years, brother and sister team, effectively. And uh, yeah, she's 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 a, a, amazing to watch. Actually, oh, I, I just love because you you see her line up against those other guys and you, uh, against the guys that are racing, and, and it's an obvious size difference. And then she jumps on these, you know, these twins are just wicked powerful, and it's a gosh, it's such a fun sport to watch. Fun to watch. Well. Let's jump into Formula One to start with. We had some big news here in Austin, of course, at Circuit of the Americas for the American Grand Prix. We got Justin Timberlake. Don't get any better than that. Jonathan's going to be dancing all weekend. Oh, you have no idea. I'm going to get everybody but dance, dance, dance. I'm all over it. No, and I think it's a fantastic fit. Uh, I mean, Bobby Epson was quoted in the paper this week saying that, you know, they started negotiation almost literally the minute, you know, um, um, Taylor steps Taylor off Swift. stage. Yeah. yeah, stepped off stage. And that's the right, right way to do it. And it's a very smart move. It worked last year uh, with Swift, and I think it'll work absolutely, exponentially, actually, with um, Justin, because his fan base is literally 10-year-olds to 70-year-olds. Um, he's so popular. He's a great personality as well as being a fantastic uh, singer and dancer. But, um, you know, I think he'll also embrace being part of Formula One 
Um, and I mean, frankly, there's, there's just no, there's no equivocation. He's one of the biggest stars in the world, and to have him as part of the Formula One weekend is enough for you know somebody who's sort of erring on caution as to whether they want to go there for the weekend. Yeah, it just that puts it over. I mean, you, absolutely. And the price is is unbelievable. If you buy your tickets now to the Circuit of the Americas, I think it's something like 150 bucks or something. I mean, you're yeah, talking, like 169 bucks for yeah. the three day. That's <laughs> that's what it has been. So you get Fernando Alonso the, and the rest of the boys. And uh, you get, I mean, and there'll be other bands that are going to announce a band for Sunday night as well. Um, you know, it's just a festival-like atmosphere, as it should be. And you know what? I think they proved last year that the investment in a, yeah. a superstar like Taylor Swift with uh, is, is obviously a proven formula. It works because we had the, the biggest crowd we ever had, 270,000 people over three days. Yeah, and we're expecting over 130,000, as we've had in the past, in the next few weeks. Because, of course, MotoGP is coming. And that is, as again Bobby said, um, the second biggest attendance that we have for the year, right behind Formula One. And I actually love the MotoGP and the Moto America weekend because the fans that come out for there, I mean, they really, really enjoy it and and get into the festival atmosphere of it. You know what? And speaking of MotoGP... I got something in my briefcase that Coda gave me. I got a pair of tickets to MotoGP that we're going to give away tonight. You didn't tell me that. Oh, man, I got to work that weekend. <laughs> Colin Edwards is holding his well, pre Grand Prix. Let me tell them how to win the tickets. Oh, right. Because they can win. They can either call in tonight at 512-643-LIVE or they can go to our app. You got to go to the app to click the uh, click the win button. Now they got to go to the app. And if you if you, well if they call in and give us something reasonable, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna come up with a question then. All right, we'll and, put and the if, name in there. All righty. And uh, if you don't have the app, you can go to our website speedcitybroadcast.com and click on the big banner. I think it's like the second banner rotating, and it says uh, something about the app. So uh, MotoGP tickets given away tonight. So Jonathan, you're you're going to the boot camp. No, yes, I am actually. Um, I don't think I'll be taking part. Um, well, not after you knocked Rossi off the bike last yeah, time. Yeah, you know, we talked about it. We, yeah. we had a discussion, and um, you know, I just he didn't told put him it to it use. I mean, he, he used it before the season was. He over. did. He, I, the, I, I, I'll just say this: the following week, he went to Argentina, came together with Marquez, and came off better. Just saying. I'd say take that credit. I will. Uh, yeah, I think he's Colin stealing Edwards, it. But Colin Edwards and his team have got the boot camp going on. Um, just before MotoGP and then just after. In fact, they've got one over Easter weekend and Monday, Tuesday after, and that's when I'm going. Um, and also the BT boys are going, so that's kind of fun. There'll be, hopefully, maybe, uh, the possibility of some badasses like, ooh, let's say Vinales or Paulo Sabagaro or whatever, uh, going. Uh, and it's always good to go down there and, and, and check out what they're doing. And then they've got another post-MotoGP um, from, I think, Tuesday after MotoGP, to Thursday, so it's a four-day camp. But look on the website of uh, Colin Edwards Bootcamp.com or Texas Tornado Bootcamp.com. Well, the coolest thing about that is what you were talking about, Les, is that you never know who's going to be there. That's and I don't the know beauty of it. It is fun. How much is sold out? I mean, I'm assuming there's still some of those spots have got... Uh, Possibly, yeah, yeah. Go online. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's always a great time. And, you know, that, you know, we've been there for those. And even when I've gone to some of the boot camps that weren't around that race weekend, easily... Half of the attendees there were not from the United States, and that's what impresses me. Yeah, about it's fun. It. It's fun to get to know all those people. It's too. a fun event. Uh, you know, you get major stars there. You get minor stars. You, you've got it. You've always got the professional staff there working. Yeah. So that's always cool. Yeah, I took it to Shane and Texter. We had Jake Johnson's there all the time. Uh, he's a badass uh, national champion too. 
And, uh, you know, like you say, you just don't know who's going to show. Well, guys, let's go back to Formula One because there's been uh, plenty to talk about, obviously. And a couple of the stories, uh, one of the things I want to start with uh, is just Haas F1. It's not, it's not any revolutionary story, but the headline caught my eye. It said Haas annoyed with missed opportunity. Well, I certainly hope so. Let's be annoyed because we didn't have the reliability that we needed. But uh, Gunther Steiner said after, after the race, and it's kind of something we talked about last week, said we know the car is good. The drivers are both positive, especially Roman. He was very positive. Uh, he lost a place, to, a place to Felipe Massa at the start, but he wasn't too concerned about it. He saw the speed. Everyone could see the car was fast, and uh, they could keep the, the Toro Rosso's easily way. The car has got speed. Well, yes, I think the car is fast. It's just scary that we didn't get either car finished and I hope that's not something we have to deal with for the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean, not being funny, but speed is like, uh, it's the same with humans. You can't dial in speed to a human. You can't dial it. And, and when you get a car and run it on the ground for the first time, as they did at Albert Park, it's either fast or slow. And if it's fast, that's a good thing because you can develop it and make it faster. If it's slow, you got a long way to go. Yeah, and it's um, true. The age-old speed versus reliability. Yes, yeah, I mean, so. you, that's the point. Um, if it's not reliable, that's fixable. Um, you know, uh, well, you hope. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> to win, you must first finish. I, I, you say <laughs> that's that, true. You say that, and I, yeah, th- that's a good point, Les. But then we think about the brakes last year. We he, Haas dealt with the brakes all year. You think, is yeah, it fixable? Or maybe it's not, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the good thing in this, I'm going to say good thing, again, making all the assumptions we just said, is that it was a gearbox. And a gearbox is pretty straightforward with what they're dealing with. So hoping that. That's as easy as it sounded in, in a straightforward form when they go to resolve it. Yep. Hey, Les, you, uh, you stumbled across a story that was very interesting, talking about Jensen Button and uh, something he's saying about Liberty Media. Oh, yeah, Jensen Button. So, you know, Jensen Button is one of the drivers that enjoys a lot of the American motorsports. But uh, what you may not realize is he's actually pretty savvy on the ongoings of NASCAR. And one of the things that he brought up is that he really hopes that Nat, that uh, Liberty Media, the new majority owners of F1, bring a NASCAR-like atmosphere to Formula One is, is the phrase he used. And I get it. If you've ever been to any of the NASCAR races, I'm going next weekend to the big race in Fort Worth. It's well, of course, it's, it's a, a big festival. race. It's Texas. <laughs> yeah. What's it's your point, a, boy? <laughs> it's a... Uh, it's a festival. Yeah, you're right. With a race in it. And so, you know, 500 miles only turning left. I'll be quite honest. I'm going to go out and check out the Midway at some point during that 500-mile <laughs> race. But, but there's activities going on out there. And, you know, and you know that facility, you've got cameras all over the place, TV screens all over the place. So if you hear noise go up, you can go run over and look at it. And just to qualify, I, I think if I know Jensen well enough, and I also know where he's going with that comment, he, he doesn't mean he wants to see it like NASCAR. What he means is he wants it to be like American sport, American motorsport. It's a uh, show which, and a production. Which, yeah, it is. And every sport, whether it's boxing, NFL football, NBA basketball, you name it, America have, have always prided themselves, and you should pat yourselves on the back because you guys, we only have to watch the Super Bowl to know, Put on a show. It's always that way. The it's not. It's not that the, uh, the 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 main event is is a letdown by any means. But you never spend a hundred bucks in America and go away without being entertained. All right. Well, let, let's go full circle. It was just announced Timberlake is going to play. Yep. How does that compare? And what we saw last year with dance, Taylor Swift. Dance, dance. Oh, sorry. He's back again. <laughs> back to us. 
Taylor Swift last year. Yeah. How does that compare to what the environment is of a Formula One race over in Europe? To be honest, uh, yeah, you talk about uh, why I'm sitting in the seat right now and not sitting, uh, you know, on Silverstone Radio, for example. Um, to be honest, the Brits especially have got it bad. They're not good at entertaining, and they don't. Um, I mean, you know, there is, uh, there is a, there have been concerts at Silverstone. Um, to celebrate, but really, um, I've always been really disappointed. Silverstone, uh, Silverstone, especially because it's a wide open airfield where if you're in the grandstands, you see maybe a hundred yards of track. Right. And you can't see the rest of it. They don't have enough big screens so that you're keeping up with it. It's got better, and I, I'm probably going to get some real, 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 real well, uh, nasty letters from, from Silverstone because they do try hard. But what I'm, what I'm trying to get at is that Europeans, you've got to remember how, um, the culture of entertainment at a venue uh, at a venue has grown. Like Spa never had it, you know, and Spa's been going since right. you know after Second World War almost. So you know, it's not a concept that comes easily. Whereas America expects, they really do. Um, it's part of the culture here, but they know that they're it's bang for your buck. You've got you've only if you the people have got the point is people have got choices. If you're in Spa. Uh, or Silverstone, there ain't much going on around, and the Grand Prix is the big event. They come for three days, they put up tents, and they, you know, they stay, right. and so on and so forth. Um, it, it is its own entertainment, but it's a, a, an, an annual pilgrimage. In America, you're fighting for those seats, you're fighting for TV audience, you're fighting for family audience, you're fighting for what they can do in their choices for the weekend. So, it has to be good, and it is good, and, and it's proliferated because all the sports do it. So if motorsport doesn't do it, and this is going back to Jensen, um, they need, uh, especially in this country, uh, and I think that's why Bobby and the team at Coda have done a great job of bringing an Americanism to Formula One without changing Formula One. Excellent. Yep. I, I was just really curious because I was at Spa last year, and there was no concert, there was no big festival-like atmosphere i mean it, it was all you know sandwiches brats and yeah and you know yeah, things like that did you were you surprised yeah i really yeah you know knowing the history of spa and and being so excited for myself to go to such a historic trash and all rouge and and all of that it mm. was just there's nothing on is there yeah it was like quite honestly i was somewhat disappointed yeah i, I, I can totally imagine and i've been to the same event uh, i know exactly what you mean that said you go to le mans uh, the 24 hours, and that's why the big wheel's there, and there's entertainment, and it goes on into the night, and this thing, you know, it depends. It, like I said, it, 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 some people have had it, got, it, got it right, others haven't. Uh, you go to Singapore, for example, and suddenly it's you 2 and Beyonce, and you're in this massive city, and you can't get away from being entertained. All the bars <laughs> deck themselves out in Formula One colors, they've got competitions, they've got special drinks, you know, that there are, now they're going to China next week. Again, very different. I mean, they'll do their bit with China, but it will be different. All right, guys. Well, we got to stop. we got to take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, we are going to talk about some MotoGP and some Americans racing in World Superbike and some other entertaining things. At two Ducati. Wheels and Ducati. And uh, you know what, Jonathan? We're going we're gonna to give away some tickets. Jonathan's going to think of a question over the break. Got it. We're going to give away some MotoGP tickets. So you can either call at 512-643-LIVE or you can go to the app and click the win button and enter there. Listen to Speed City Live from Austin. We'll be right back after these messages. Ooh, it's something magical. It's in the air, it's in my blood, it's rushing on. I don't need no reason, don't be controlled. 
Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself. Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. Sound off on the news of the day with the Talk Poll. Online at Talk1370.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. MV Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only MV Augusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by MV Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Talk 1370. The right choice. This is Alexis DeJoria, driver of the Tequila Patron Toyota Camry Nitro Funny Car. This is Speed City. Speed City. I'm trying to tweet live while Jonathan dances his Justin Timberlake in the studio at the Dude, same it's time. Get, I'm Sorry. just getting my workout. <laughs> Dude, I'll be there, front row. Watch out for me. I might be blocking a few people's views. but <laughs> You know, I went He with... won't be missed. <laughs> Let me just say that. Yeah. I want to introduce him. I went with my daughter. Do I get that privilege? I get the gentleman start your engines. Can I go, ladies and gentlemen, Justin Timberlake. Hey, just go talk to Cody. Great. <laughs> I might I, have to. I went with my daughter last year, if you guys recall... Uh, to to Taylor Swift, and that was amazing. I got to put her on my six foot two shoulders, and she was uh, head and shoulders. That's a good spot. Yeah, I might take that next year. (laughs) (laughs) No, you weigh about 150 pounds more. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, true. All right. All right, guys. Well, let's talk some uh, MotoGP, some World Superbike. Let's start with MotoGP. Yes, we should, because they're coming. They're coming to town. Three weeks. Three weeks, and before then, they're stopping in Argentina. Do you want to start with your question to win tickets? Let's yeah, do that. my question for your tickets to the MotoGP here in Austin, Texas on April 21st to the 23rd is this. Mark Marquez is Captain America. No question about it. When it was in Indy, he won. When it's been at Coda, he hasn't lost. He is the mayor of Elroy. Yeah. No question about it. But he won his first ever MotoGP Grand Prix and became the youngest MotoGP winner beating and ellipsing a record that had been held a long, long time. But who held it? Yeah, the youngest that's a really MotoGP winner. Or, yeah, uh, premier fact, class. Yeah. Premier class, I should say. It was 500cc before all the boffins call up and tell me uh, that it's not <laughs> MotoGP. But, um, yep. Call us up, 512-643-LIVE, 512-643-5483. Or you can go to the app uh, if you don't have the Speed City app. Or you can go to our website, speedcitybroadcast.com, and sign up. Go to the app anyway. 
Go to the app anyway. All right, so let's talk about MotoGP, Jonathan. What are, you, what are the stories that are jumping out at you right now? Ducati has to spring to mind because they came close again, um, but they didn't pull it off. Um, and it was... And the other big story, obviously, is I think uh, Maverick Vinales is pretty cozy on the back of the Yamaha. No question about it. We have a star in the making. Mark Marquez grew up racing with Maverick Vinales. He's been a champion already. Uh, he stepped into the limelight and he stepped on the best bike in the world, thanks to Jorge Lorenzo, uh, who decided to go red and has gone to Ducati. He hasn't got his um, beeswax together yet, but he'll get there. <laughs> um, but that's the two big stories coming out of Qatar was the fact that um, they literally went head to head. Also, Rossi did a brilliant job. They, they cancelled qualifying, of course. Um, Les, your thoughts. I mean, the other thing for me was, and I know you, I know what you're going to say, but my one was Aprilia. Brilliant result for Aprilia, uh, getting right up there, and it's it's you know it's a whole new era for them. Uh, you know, mine mine might throw you a curve. KTM, brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. They yeah. didn't they didn't show great first time out. Not expected. You know, they're a brand new team. Uh, certainly, they're on a budget. They're not doing the unobtainium metal. <laughs> frames they're doing the uh steel frames you know as opposed to the titanium and all the the cool you know molly stuff uh, yeah i don't know if they're using stick welders on them or not but <laughs> the thing is it's a very different budget coming in it's their first time it's uh the first time they've been at this level we've yes. seen them in the rookies cup and uh you know it's a great a great league there and i i want to see that come back to the u.s but KTM, one more brand on the MotoGP grid, makes me happy. It makes me very happy, too, because KTM, a relatively small factory, uh, they've had much success and punch up their weight in endurance and, you know, in cross, like Dakar racing and so on and so forth. They've got the 390 National Championship all around the world, including here in the States. Um, but look who they've gone with. I mean, they've gone with Paul Espargaro, uh, Espargaro and Bradley Smith, two of the hottest riders, um, you know, who, who, could got, who could have gone anywhere. And so, and they've got Red Bull behind them, uh, full f- support from KTM. I, I really like the way this is shaping up. And, uh, you know, it's, I mean, it's a bit like Haas coming into Formula One. You know, you want it to be right and you want it to be proper, and it is. And I think that so, there's a good parallel there between exactly. the two. Exactly. So I came across uh, something online, and it wasn't from the official KTM or Red Bull outlet, but uh, it said that they have a seven-year contract for this. Mm-hmm. And so they're in for the long run, which... Is good because when you're starting off a new team like this, you're going to need to cut your teeth and you're going to go have the growing pains and, and the poor success at times whenever you come through a scratch-built you know, bike in this case. And so I'm glad to hear that it was a seven years. I hope that's accurate, but a, yeah. seven years, that hopefully we'll see commitment. them. Yeah. It's a big commitment. Red Bull is certainly behind it. Uh, great to see them there on the grid is, like I said, one more. I'm, I want to see all of that. Come. And like I said, just, just going back, that record, small factory or not, uh, Paradakar, American Supercross, Moto3, uh, their own national championship. You know, when they do stuff, I mean, Smith and Spargo have signed two-year contracts. You know, this this is about as serious as it gets. And like I said, it, yeah, they didn't pull up any trees in the first race. But I think by the time they get, I, I mean, to be honest, that is, you're right, one of the stories I'm looking. I hope we can get somebody from KTM um, into the booth to talk to the fans in uh, in Austin where on the big on the big screens because I think uh, that's a really interesting story and there's a lot of KTM fans around the world loving orange future is bright the future is orange <laughs> so Aren't you glad? 
Uh-huh. We've got uh, we got about five minutes before Andy Lally comes on, but I want to yeah. talk about I want to talk about World Superbikes because uh, Ducati again and PJ Jacobson. Yes. Well, the the season started off uh, and we thought he um, we thought Johnny Ray, the Brit, the Irish Brit was going to do a Neil Hodson back in 2003. Neil Hodson won the first nine races, and it was starting to look that way because he won the first four, then won the fifth one, which is the first race at Aragon this weekend. Um, and, but it was a close fight between himself and Chaz Davis. Chaz Davis losing the front uh, and falling off heavily, um, but okay. And he recovered for, for race two the next day, today, and, and won it. So he broke the stranglehold that Kawasaki have had, uh, and he's now second in the championship. Um, but it's great to see Ducati back to winning ways. Melandri's now joined the team. They've got a really strong and potent bike. Uh, Aragon's got on a massive long straight like here at Austin. Um, and, you know, you really see just, just how good that bike is. But it also handles well now, too. Um, and it's good. We've also seen Yamaha coming back, Alex Lowe's. Uh, doing a good performance today. Um, so there's some good stories throughout. Um, so I'm hoping that this season will not be a Johnny Ray fest. Not that I don't like Johnny winning, but it's just, you know, you want to see close racing and you want to see... I mean, it was fantastic today. I mean, it was cat yeah. and mouse. PJ was great. PJ Jacobson his, was even better, yeah, yeah. That was fantastic. Yeah, talk about me. him, this American, well, you know. And- I, yeah, I met his dad and him when he was 16 at Aston. Me and Steve were sitting at the bar in, uh, well, we don't sit at the bar. We were sitting near a bar. Um, <laughs> of course. <laughs> in Northern Holland, as you do. And um, this guy came over, clearly an American, from New York, and it was PJ's dad. And uh, they were doing a one-off ride and had just come over from America. And the rest is history, as they say, because he's gone from strength to strength, joined World Supersport, raced um, for Honda, and now racing for MV Augusta. And um, it's interesting because the MV, Jules Clousel, the Frenchman, uh, did very well on it. Um, it's a good bike at that level, at the Supersport level. Um, and PJ took it to the podium again today uh, against the mighty Kawasaki's and, and Hondas and, and Yamahas. So pretty impressive. Um, r- r- I really do think we've got... He came so close to winning the world title. I think we've got, we've got a world champion in, in the making there. Fantastic. Like I said, excited. You know, and uh, i got to say, you know, we can't go far. We've followed Nicky Hayden. And of course. He's just not... Pulling up the trees yet, as you yeah, say. Yeah, but you know what? Yes, exactly. And I and I kept looking down the, the list. It's a new but, bike. Well, that's where I was going. Is that Stefan Bradl is also you know no no slouch, uh, a world champion in his own right. And I think um, the point is watch the development. They're top ten now. It's 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 round three of their first season back. You could practically say it's KTM. It is. Honda. It is. And I think you'll see the same in Moto America. Jake Gagne's got the Honda as well for the Broaster Chicken team. Uh, Danny Walker and his team. And I think they will struggle at first. But Honda, you know. It, I know. I'm thinking we can't have it both ways. Last year we were saying, oh, wait till he gets the new bike. And now he's got the new bike. And yeah, so I but, know he's got to develop it. it, but, it I was going to say, the fact still. that it's top 10 out of the box is yeah, good. Yeah, that's true. That's a good sign. All right, guys, we've got to take a break. But when we come back, we're super excited because... Andy Lally is going to join us, a fantastic motorcycle racer. What did you hear about his career? Fantastic career. Amazing guy. So uh, stay tuned. Listen, uh, we'll be right back after these messages.
Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself, Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. The racetrack, it's where legends are born. Where only the finest machines earn their reputation for innovation and dominance. Such are the nameplates you'll find at Aston Martin of Austin, Lotus of Austin, Bentley Austin and Rolls-Royce Motorcars. Austin exotic, iconic automobiles whose racing heritage turns everyday driving into an inspiring journey because you're never just along for the ride. Highway 183 north of McNeil Road. If you've ridden motorcycles in this part of the country for long, no doubt you know a Bud's Motorcycle Shop. Bud left this world a while back, but his legendary Harley services ride on. No longer is Bud's located in downtown Austin. It's now Revell's HD and has moved out by the Formula One track. You'll see all the familiar faces, so bring your new, used, and abused. But remember, there's no sign of shiny showroom prices. So check it out at RevellsHD.com. Listen to your favorite shows. Keep up with the latest breaking news and more anytime at Talk1370.com. Talk1370, the right choice. What's up? This is Bilko, Freestyle Motocross Rider with the Nitro Circus, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City, live from Austin, Texas. I am going to miss some of those freestyle guys on the motocross and the the bikes. Those are I know. I was telling somebody they were to Mad Men. They were talking about getting excited for or for X Games come back to Coda, and I said, yeah, "Sorry, not, it is not coming back." But uh-uh. hey, guys, we got to jump right into our first guest because we are so excited to welcome this gentleman to our this is show. Like Chuck Norris of motorsports. <laughs> I don't know if you appreciate that. We got to. He should. Our next guest has done. Uh, he's done an amazing thing in NASCAR. He's done. The 24 Hours of Le Mans, he's done uh, ARCA, he's done the SCCA, he's done, uh, I said that. Can we it, just bring uh, him on? This might take a while. You're right. Yeah, you're going to do his We want to welcome great. back to the show Andy Lally. Andy, welcome back to Speed City. Hey, guys. How are you doing tonight? Good. Where are you? What are you doing? <laughs> I am in Atlanta. Uh, I just got back in from the skate park. I'm tending to my wounds and... Uh, Getting ready to watch the Walking Dead season finale here in a little while. Sounds like a Uh-oh. perfect Sunday night. Uh-oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I just, I actually, um, my Instagram is uh, Andy Lally Racing, and if you check it out, I actually just posted the latest injury from today. I'm like the, <laughs> I'm like a, I'm like a revitalized '80s skateboarder, but I'm horrible, and uh, I dress up like the Michelin Man, like I'm all padded up. Like uh, the over 40 crowd is over there, but uh, I eat it huge, like at least once a day over there, trying something that I have no business trying to do when I watch these little 18-year-old, 16-year-old, 14-year-old kids flying through the air. And I'm like, I can do that. I used to do that. <laughs> Andy Lally, <laughs> brought to you by Neil Sporin. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Andy, just to, just to clarify, you, but, I mean, you say you don't know, you know, you can't keep up with these. You're a world champion loser. Yeah, so... Pronounce that cor- I can, carefully. I can lay down. Yeah. <laughs> Street Luge has <laughs> um, <laughs> been a, a massive passion of mine for a long time. I got into it from skateboarding. Um, 
I've actually been street losing longer than I was skateboarding. I started skateboarding when I was about 10. I stopped when I was about 14. Uh, I didn't start street losing until I was about 25 or 26. And I've been doing that on and off now for, for 15 years. And it's been, uh, it's, it's really cool. It's, it's, a, it's an absolute risk. And I've actually gone to more countries to race in street luge than I have to race in cars. So that is wild. Not, okay, so that, blast, yeah. that sport intrigues me. For one, I, I love luge on the snow and ice. But what is your longest run? In how any fast of those competitions. Yeah, and how fast? Yeah. Uh, the the longest hill that we do is about three miles. Holy uh, and <laughs> and that's a really so, and we heat race. So instead, like, like ice luge is cool. I've done it. We did a cool cross promotion thing uh, way back in like 2004 with uh, the USA Luge, which was the sanctioning body for for ice luge for the Olympics. And we we did a cool thing where the top three American ranked driver uh, riders at the end of the year traded places and I got to go to uh, Salt Lake City and do that. That was cool, but street luge is head-to-head, so we go down either four at a time or six at a time. Oh. And so there's drafting, you know, there's full-on chassis setup, just like a race car, you know, it's, it's obviously huh. a little different, but um, a lot of the same racing lines and physics apply, yeah. and uh, it's, a, it's a rip, man. It's, an what, absolute, it's, it's the grassroots start of any sort of racing any when you were a kid you took something with wheels to the top of the hill yeah. and you rolled down as fast as you can well what kind of speeds are you getting up to in september i was fortunate or unfortunate depending on how you look at the the, the weekend um i was w- fortunate to be one of 20 people invited to try and break the world record on this crazy insane hill <laughs> uh just northeast of quebec city so like basically over the t- tippy top of Maine uh, in Canada and the current world record had been 98.2 miles per hour and of the 20 of us yeah yeah that's that's no brakes that's no anything the only way you stop is by dragging your feet on the ground which is a great idea at 98 miles an hour (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) so the whole goal is to break 100 miles an hour and uh, three of us broke the world record. Wow. I was very fortunate to be one of those three. But uh, my buddy Mike McIntyre shattered it at uh, 101.9 miles an hour wow. or something like that. Yeah, it, it was really cool. Um, but it was insane because the road was so dangerous. It was so steep, but it was, it was almost impossible to make safe. And, and it was done on on a budget. I mean, they still had safety there and medical if you tried to kill yourself but the guy that actually broke the record immediately crashed into a concrete wall and um broken clavicle broken arm broken foot uh split his helmet right open i was the first one on the scene because it happened right behind me and uh yeah stitches staples all sorts of fun stuff and i got two things i gotta ask you okay first and foremost uh after imsa a Speed City-sponsored <laughs> luge race from the top of Turn 1 at Kota, first man to, to turn 19, I'm in. I have wanted to do this since the first day I laid eyes on Kota. With the, the runoff that's in one would make a great starting thing. I wanted it to be either like a but street luge like with like a soapbox derby style kind of mentality and maybe like we all build it, the teams bring it, and we do a run for charity where we all I'm in. contribute something. It would be 
so cool. It would hey. be so, so well, cool. We'll put you as okay. the face of it, Andy you know Lally. Let, let, let me see I'm what we can stir up. Let's see what yeah. we can stir up. We'll, we'll get Andy out there. What do you need suit-wise? Do you need, like, uh, Daneezy motorcycle gear, or what do you need? Um, You know, so, so essentially what most people do um, – NJK is the is the company that makes most of the suits for both stand up skateboard racing and lay down, and um, most guys wear leather. I wear Kevlar because I'm not I'm not into the leather thing, but um, I like the Kevlar stuff. Kevlar is a little easier. It's, it's flexible. Uh, so yes, we wear head to toe uh, race suits, whether it's leather or Kevlar, one or the other. I wear Kevlar gloves with carbon fiber knuckles. I wear a full face helmet. I wear. Um, I wear either old race shoes or wrestling shoes because it's a smaller frontal area yep. mm-hmm. uh, for your feet. And uh, so, yeah, we, I mean, and I wear a spine protector. So, I mean, yep. we we basically take the same route as a motorcycle. I got to say, right. you could ride, you could wear a full day and easy um, leather, you know, MotoGP suit. Sounds like it. It would work yeah. perfectly, That's yeah. A, that is the exact... <laughs> leather suit that I wore when I first right, got it. There you go. <laughs> now listen, Andy, I've got a more serious question to ask. Um, you'll probably, in your knowledge of motorsport, be well aware of a young man called Lee Diffie. He's, <laughs> he's yeah. Australian, right? And that's not his fault, but anyway. And he's, he's also annoyingly really talented. Um, yeah. And he, of course, is the face of NBC's motorsport. And he which, was Jonathan's friend. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Until one day, I went to his house and we street luged together. And really? it was, yeah, it was something he does all the time with his buddies. And anyway, he did, it was great because I said, ah, oh, give it, give me, let me give it a go. Oh, well, it's quite fast. I'm like, ah, give me a go. Well, I ended up going straight into a dumpster at about 40 <laughs> miles an hour and injuring myself and getting a huge black eye, which I had to cover up for several weeks. But much to the, to the, he called a doctor and everything. It was really funny. And then it spread it around the motor racing world uh, as much as he possibly could, which of made course. it with much hilarity. So I'm going to take you on because I know you've helped other drivers in the past. <laughs> oh, and Will I know Hardeman, that you're a coach. You Will Harder. You know, I know that you come with good pedigree. So will you, here tonight live, say, right, that's it. You're going to train me at Street Luge and I can go back to Lee Diffie and maybe I won't drink the four bottles of wine he gave me before I did it and maybe maybe I'll have a chance. Absolutely. I got you. All right, I did Andy, just to... mine. In fact, he's practically a neighbor. Was this his house? In no, Atlanta? don't live near that man. Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> He's dangerous, I'm telling you. How close do you like it? <laughs> yeah, well, when you get drinking with him, obviously... Yeah, well, gonna, you know that's then. going to probably spoil the... Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I realize this is still obtainable to Speed City, but can we talk about his racing season really for this year? We should talk about Andy Lally's racing this year. <laughs> what are you up to, my man? always go that way. Uh, what am I up to? I'm, I'm racing for Michael Shank Racing this year. Wow. Uh, for the brand new 2017 debut of the Acura NSX. We debuted at the Daytona 24, and then our second race was just a couple weeks ago in Sebring, and then um, in three days, we are headed to Long Beach for the Long Beach Grand Prix. I will be there. After that, we're heading to Coda. I will be there. I will be at Long Beach. Yes, I'll be. Well, I'll be at both. (laughs) But I'll be. I'll be coming to see you uh, next weekend. I'm getting there Saturday morning. I'll come and make a beeline for you, uh, and I'll and I'll check out what I what I. You can give me a spec scene for my uh, luge. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. That that'll be a good deal. In fact, I mean. SoCal is essentially the home of where Street Luge was born. Uh, Glendora ah. Mountain Road and uh, uh, Signal Hill and all those places is where yeah. skateboarding birthed Street Luge. 
And um, I'm bringing my board to, to Long Beach. I'm going down a day and a half early. And uh, from Long Beach, we're testing in Laguna Seca. So I'm going to drive oh, up. Oh, Coast Guard. And uh, <laughs> yes. And um, we actually, so 25 years ago, we raced at Laguna Seca. And just last year, for the first time, they bought Street Luge back to Laguna Seca. And we're going to go backwards from the corkscrew back down through turn six and then five oh, and it's basically wow. you're just bombing the hill but it's cool to be at laguna seca it's a big steep hill uh we've done it before going the other direction from the corkscrew and then down but you're just starting at the corkscrew so there's no thrill in the corkscrew because you just you speed up from 15 to 30 to 50 miles an hour well, really quick but I, wow I, I got a feeling i've got a feeling that i've got we got a series coming together here and it starts at bathurst <laughs> um and we just use the track you know the day after each race so bathurst in january then on to spa Going into Laguna at Saker, and we'll finish at Coda for the grand finale. So, did you did you just pick Bathurst out of thin air, or did you know that? The oh, I know. Nine World Championships were there. Oh no, uh, I, I did pick it out of thin air. <laughs> we started from the top of Mount Panorama, no! and, we, and we bombed it all the way down. There's a sick video of me. I I, I was uh, number one qualifier for both classes. There's a spec class and an unlimited class, and then uh, I won the spec class, and then a local Australian, really good dude. Um, beat me by an inch. It took an hour for them to figure out the photo finish. Uh, we <laughs> oh, that would be soul-destroying. <laughs> and that was amazing because, I mean, you guys know the S's at Mount Panorama coming yeah, down yeah. the hill. The final fast-sweeping left-hand corner before the long downhill straightaways, all concrete. So it's like there is there is really no room for, for eating it uh, and getting it wrong right there. And uh, uh, there were plenty of guys doing that. And it it is was was pretty gnarly. Like I told you, I've I've flown to more countries. I've raced at Mount Panorama on my street luge, and I have not raced there in a car. <laughs> sadly enough, that's great. But it is a really cool event. It is, yeah, and that's an amazing track. That's so funny. So we'll have to do Pikes Peak to finish it all off with a with a, uh, a mini Olympics. At Pikes Peak. <laughs> no way. <laughs> years ago, we started racing from about. It's only about a two mile section. Uh, and the reason it's short like that is because. It costs so much to airbag and hay bale all of these corners, and it's it's a low, relatively low budget event. You know, if somebody's putting on an event and they've got thirty to fifty thousand dollars to put on an event, it's still like five dollars a hay bale. And when you've got two miles of road and it's Pikes Peak, well, you got to nail the whole thing shut because you can you don't want to send a kid off a cliff at seventy miles an hour. No, um, <laughs> you 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 tend to overdo the hay bale. So uh, we only run about two miles of that road, but it's it's cool, man. It is really cool. The downhill skateboarders do that event, and uh, it, it it is uh, it is an amazing sight. All right, the operational specialist, I I am. You need to do it on the same weekend of the Pikes Peak International Hill Climb yeah. and just run the other direction. Except what I'm thinking, right? yeah. And then we can go to Goodwood I'm, I'm, and do I'm the all same. About it. <laughs> hey, listen, I want to hear about the Acura because um, to me. Honda, it's a really important couple of years, this, for Honda in so many different ways. I'm following him in uh, Global Rallycross. I'm following him in TCR, which is touring cars. And, um, you know, they've got their production cars on on display there. Um, obviously, they're kicking ass in Indy um, with the engines. Um, but, are, but Formula One has been a struggle. And Honda are such a, a proud and, and you know, uh, accomplished um, manufacturer. I just wonder, you know, what this... Uh, means to the company as a whole it it has been probably the biggest push from a manufacturer 
I've been fortunate to be involved with a lot of manufacturers over the years and learn this whole process. And I understand this process, and, and I know that pretty much every manufacturer, when, it, when, we, when we come out of the gate, if the thing's not set in the track record on lap three, everybody's like, wait, wait, what do we, you know, and, and it's like a little panic, but, you know, we, we, we get it going. We've only done two races with this car, um, but it's had very good results. We had a top five uh, finish in the 24 hours of Daytona, beating a lot of really uh, high-end manufacturers that have been in the game of the GT3 uh, regulations for a while, whereas this is literally... Uh, Acura's HPD's first go at, at the GT3 formula, and uh, I think it's been successful. You know, we we've we are coming in with a clean sheet of paper. This isn't an evolution. This isn't you know something that's been going on for for years and years and years. This is a clean sheet of paper in a brand new class for them. Uh, but we've come out of the box good. We led 171 laps out of 600 at Daytona out of the box so i'm pretty stoked to answer your question straight away about how much they want it they want it bad i mean they the the amount of engineering support and feedback uh that we get uh michael shank racing is is top notch they mike and our guys dale and ryan uh justin and david all our guys that are that are hustling uh on this car day in and day out are, are top notch but then again the um, Lee and um, all our guys, Gary and, and everybody that is hustling on the HPD side want it just as bad. And that is so nice when you strap into the car and you know that everybody that is on that team wearing one of those shirts wants us at the top of the grid and is pushing as hard as they can to get us there. It's cool. Let me That's ask awesome. you a question about, about uh, just in general terms. Um, I follow the uh, Japanese GT series uh, quite closely, or have over the years. I'm following what Nick Cassidy's doing now for racing for Lexus. Um, but, I mean, is this something that they, they plan to do across the spectrum? I mean, obviously here in the States, they've, they, they, you know, it's, it seems to have got um, a lot more notoriety here. Um, where are they against, eff- effectively, their Japanese competition? Well, the wonderful thing about the GT3 rules package is that it is a worldwide set of rules where you can take the same car and run it in probably 85% of the rest of the world's endurance package. So how we develop this car in 2017 is going to then, how, how we finish up and what we develop and what we do is going to go into everything that are either factory teams and or customer teams because you can buy this car as a customer you know all these car, all these team owners in IMSA that either elect to buy a an Acura a Porsche a BMW an Aston Martin a Ferrari uh, so on and so forth a Viper a Mercedes you know we've got 15 different manufacturers represented and going at it tooth and nail every weekend uh, that's Acura's goal is to be able to produce a race car that we can put in the hands of amateur uh, and pro-am teams as well as pro-pro teams to compete all around the globe. Uh, to answer your question specifically about uh, Japan, Super GT is awesome. Uh, it is. I'm absolutely. Po- yeah, I, I want to be there really bad. I would love to go over as a guest driver to do one of the endurance races uh, over there. It would be really cool. And, you know, who knows, maybe even full-time if there was an opportunity. But uh, uh, it's good people. They're going, and this car is going to show up all over the world for years to come. You know what, Andy? I was just looking at before you came on the show. I looked at an article. And it talks about the GT3 car that you run uh, is about sixty percent stock. That goes right into what you were just saying. 
I mean, yeah. you, first of all, you start with this incredible streetcar platform, and but obviously the aerodynamic, I mean, the uh, the carbon fiber body and some aerodynamic bits and pieces and stuff. But a lot of the car is pretty close to the stock car. It really is, and and that number it is right around sixty percent um, of every nut and bolt that is on that car. Most notably of all of that is that is the street engine. That is exactly <laughs> the engine that we get in GT three rules. Unfortunately, we are not allowed to run the Evo package where we can run, um, you know, the three electric engines that come with the streetcar. Oh, um, man. It is very, very much the streetcar. We obviously, we have to do by rules, the roll cage and a lot of safety stuff, fire equipment, whatnot. We take out the right seat. We got the thing. There's no carpet, anything. There's no amenities, no AC, none of that. Um, but uh, it is the exact streetcar engine and everything that you see on the track coming out of there is, is what is what that is i got the chance to drive the streetcar uh-huh. at daytona during a photo shoot and they were we kind of we did like three laps around daytona on the oval and then through the field and they basically cleared me back to pit lane just after start finish so i had to do a whole nother lap and I opened this thing up through NASCAR one two, and then down the backstretch, and could not believe the stability <laughs> at high speed. Um, the it instantly became my favorite supercar, sports car, whatever, whatever, whatever classification we're calling these these crazy. I, crazy I think supercar fits. I think yeah. because because there's not that many cars that have that are hybrid, pure performance like that. I mean, look, you've got the 918, the LaFerrari, and. Uh, and I, it's funny, we were talking about this about three weeks ago, and I left the Acura off the list. And after the show, I went, dang, I forgot about the Acura, just because it's not a million dollars like the other ones, right, you know? Right. But it's And it hasn't been around that long. Yeah. 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 I yeah. saw my first you know, one last yeah, night. A, oh, did you? Wow, yeah. you saw yeah. one on the street. Yep, I haven't one, seen one yet. Uh, it was going the other way faster than I could, but <laughs> I saw it. Well, as you said, gorgeous as it is, it's a little bit of a sleeper just because, like yeah. you said, the, the old yeah. ones are known for their incredible handling, but they were always a little bit underpowered. Now yep. they, now, so it's kind of had that kind of stigma to it. This new car, it's got an engine on each front axle, and then uh, it's got a, an electric motor on each front axle for the all-wheel drive, and it's got an electric motor right in front of the gas-powered motor in the back to boost the thing off the line, and then you let the turbo let it rip, and this thing goes, and it shuts down, and it handles. It's, uh, it's amazing. That's the perfect use of an electric motor is a turbo lag eliminator. You get Absolutely. the car rolling, you get the two, turbo time to spin up, and it's just seamless blast. Well, Andy, guess what? We are out of time, my friend. I'm really – we could go on like this for about another hour, <laughs> but uh, – we, man, we wish you so much luck the rest of the season. Jonathan will see you next week, and I'm certainly yeah, going to be, be standing there. there with his new luge board and <laughs> ready to go. <laughs> and Come standing, to I definitely Absolutely. will. He'll be standing there dressed in his suit. And ready hey, Andy, to go. Are, you not, are you doing Lamana? Are you doing anything at one-offs this year? I'm trying. Uh, the only the only one-off that I, I I well I can't officially announce it yet, but I can tell you guys probably that I'm going to be doing the Mid Ohio Xfinity race. All right. Uh, oh wow. Seventh cool. there last last year in a in a in an underdog piece. Uh, good guys, but just you know, low budget kind of deal, and we're we're hoping to do something similar there again if we can raise the sponsorship. Uh, other than that, uh, I'd love to show up at some FIA GT3 races. Uh, yes, who knows? We'll see. <laughs> spa, we see can take you lose to spa. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Andy Lally, thank you for coming on Speed City again. It's one of our favorite guests. We always have a blast, and uh, 
We'll talk to you soon, and we'll see you in, uh, next week and at Coda in a couple of three weeks. Thank you, guys. And again, if uh, if anybody's following along, it's just Andy Lally Racing on Instagram. Um, sorry, in in, uh, in for the for the some of the not so political posts. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Andy. Talk to you soon. All right, guys. Good one. Sure. Thanks, man. All right. Well, we've got to jump straight into what a, a great break. He's fantastic. Oh man, amazing. But we got to uh, get jump into a break. When we come back, we're going to play some of the interview we had with Shayna Texter, the uh, the uh, uh, flat track racer. Back after these messages. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. Keep up with the latest headlines from Austin and beyond on the all-new Talk1370.com. Stay informed with the latest news, weather, contests, and more. It's all just a click away at Talk1370.com. Just one more way to stay connected with Talk 1370. Envy Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only Envy Augusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by Envy Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 Envy Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of Envy Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. On air, online, and on your smart device. Talk 1370 is the right choice. Hi, this is Michael Zweibach, driver of the number two discount tire Porsche. Welcome to Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City. We're going to jump right into this interview we did with Shayna Texter. She's the rider of the number 52 Honda in the American Flat Track Singles Class. And we caught up with her about an hour ago and we're going to play some of that interview now and uh, we'll have the full interview up on our soundcloud but here's shana texture hey guys thanks for having me no uh, problem you know it's been fun we've been talking about you for a while and it's really uh you know great to have you for one let me say i've got three daughters and anytime i see the women whipping up on the men <laughs> on the track we're cheering for you so uh congrats you're off to a great year already yeah, thanks. It means a lot to, uh, you know, have all the support of everyone, especially the women. It, it means I'm going out there and doing my job the right way and, uh, you know, thankful to come off this weekend with another podium. You know, but you uh, are really unique in so many ways because, you know, other sports, swimming, uh, basketball, whatever, you know, there's a lot of women involved. You are literally, I wouldn't say you're the only one, and I know you're not, but uh, you're the only one in, in, in this that's made it as high as you have. I mean, you know, Danica Patrick's doing what she's doing, and, and obviously she's an exception to the rule too. But um, does it feel that way sometimes, that it's you against the world? And Not really. I mean, I honestly... Uh I grew up racing with the guys my entire life. Um, I actually played soccer with a bunch of girls through my life as well. So I've been on both sides playing with just all women and then playing 
with the guys as well. And, um, you know, the support of the women in the paddock, the fan base and everything, it, it makes it feel like it's just one big, uh, big family out there on the racetrack. Well, I think the first time we met you was when you were here with the X Games right. and yeah. going through that. Uh, you know, that wasn't a great track, I'll readily admit. But uh, what are some of the places that really stand out? Because we've got a lot of audience that just fell in love with the flat tracks while they were here. You know, we've seen it twice at MotoGP and we've seen it at the X Games. But where are the tracks that we really got to look and you got to check these out? Yeah, I mean, definitely the X Games track, it's kind of a unique deal. They built the track just in the middle of a field and uh, sent us out. So it's a little bit of a unique uh, unique racetrack, but uh, we have a lot of historic racetracks on the schedule. Um, you know, some that have been going for 50, 60-plus years, like the Springfield Mile, Peoria TT, um, Sacramento Mile. And actually this year we're headed down to Texas Motor Speedway for the first time ever, so it's exciting. I wish you were there next weekend. I'm already going to be there. But uh, hey, Shana, I want to ask you. You talked about the the track. Um, you know, Les was alluding to that it was kind of put together last minute here in Austin. At, at, well, it got flooded a few days yeah, before, and then got rebuilt again. Um, but so, you know, how would you compare that? And and do you was it was it that big a deal, or was it just so exciting to be at the X Games, or how would you compare it? I mean, the X Game, it's it's such an awesome event to be a part of. You know, to say your next game's athlete is just huge. And the amount of support that you get from outside the typical motorcycle industry, we don't get that anywhere else unless you're uh, live on ESPN during X Games. So it's exciting. But the racetrack, honestly, it's the smallest one that we've ever been to on a twin twin cc motorcycle and uh like you said it's been flooded it's been rough it's been dry um you know typically we race on half miles and bigger on the twins um this year they're actually calling short tracks on twins three eights and uh texas is a lot smaller than that so for me it was always really challenging just because i'm five foot i weigh around 110 pounds so to try and muscle a big twin cc engine around that little track in texas it was a handful for sure Shana Texter, Flat Track Racer. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Well, we're going to put the full interview up on our SoundCloud probably later tonight or tomorrow. But but we uh, we got to go, guys. So check us out on uh, SoundCloud, including our website, speedcitybroadcast.com. We have a winner. Jonathan, what was the answer to the question? What the question you- was, who was the youngest ever before Mark Marquez? And the answer was Shreveport's very own Freddie Spencer. Freddie. Son of a gun. Freddy. Well, uh, we have a winner. Andy, I mean, excuse me, Eric Johnson. John Stun, you are the winner, my friend. Not the guitarist. You can either email us. He's been call on before. Us, yeah, hit us up on FaceTube or whatever you guys. We'll find you. We'll find Face you. <laughs> Talk to you next week. Ciao, y'all. Sound off on the news of the day with the Talk Poll. Online at talk1370.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 